Howdy, stickies. Welcome back to another episode of the Stick with Kajik podcast. I'm Loanne. I'm Sean. And you can follow me on Instagram here at Loanne Kaji, where I post things, you know, that we're doing when we are not filming uh, the awesome podcast that we do. <laughs> oh, wow. That was awkward. <laughs> And now we're in, in Houston. Maybe there's some new pictures that we're posting. Have you posted anything since we Sean, came Sean? Sean just had a great Father's Day, right? Oh, with yeah, the yeah. sloth. So check that out. Okay. <laughs> it was really hot. I didn't know Houston's that hot. It was so hot. We even got a little fan. You know, the kids all had a fan that blows out uh, water. But still, it was and, and we and we went to the farm super early in the morning at 9 a.m. And it was still way too hot for us yeah come to think of it i don't think we spent summer in houston for quite a while right yeah because this past three years we always film in ryan's mystery play day or we're doing something else outside of houston during the summertime so this is it's been a long time since we came yeah. back here during the summertime yeah i, I was forgot how hot it is yes i was like how did i survive here before <laughs> maybe i just spent my summers indoors so that's why Thank you so much for joining us. Let's stick to today's topic, which is unique things that I myself <laughs> experienced or noticed when I was in Japan. So in a few episodes ago, I did an episode where I talked about unique things that I experienced or see when I was in Vietnam. So I thought I'd take that to Japan. And um, yeah. So I will tell you guys my personal experience and Sean will, you know, elaborate on it or tell me more about it. Okay? Yeah, because I mean, to me, you know, I grew up in Japan. So right. really nothing unique about Japan that I, I found when we went back to Japan. So we'll see. Loen's perspective is really interesting because she's she went there as a foreigner. So right, yeah. So I made a little list here. So let's talk about number one. Are you guys ever been to japan before maybe it's also a unique thing in your country you know if you guys can relate just let us know so the number one thing that stood out to me when i was there was that there are vending machines everywhere every block has a vending machine right and the vending machine is so unique because not only you can get cold items you can get hot items you can get you know, really unique things like watches and, you know, whatever you can think of, there was vending machines for it. There's a vending machine also cook food for you too. So there's vending machine that serves fresh ramen noodle. Wow. Um, like a soup. Yeah. And uh, and there's also um, like vending machine selling like a fresh soy sauce too. What? There's a, a, a city that's very famous for uh, producing uh, a soy sauce. Yeah. And then I guess they have a bit, whole bunch of different vending machines serving the uh, soy sauce. That's crazy. I just remember when we were there, you know, I was so amazed that you can get hot coffee from the vending machine. Ah, it's hot. Oh, wow, it's warm, guys. Oh. It's hot, right? Yeah. That's so cool that in Japan's vending machine, they can dispense hot and cold. That's so oh. cool. Oh. Here in the States, pretty much all the vending machines are only serving cold drinks. Yeah, when I that's one of the things that I was shocked when I first came to U.S. Because the vending machine technology in the U.S. Yeah. is a little bit outdated. I, I say a little bit largely outdated compared yeah. to Japan. And I can see why. Having vending machine in out in public, like on the street, 
it's a little bit dangerous in the U.S., right? Because there are a lot of times it's at the risk of people uh, forcibly opening it and then take the money inside <laughs> and or take the item inside the vending machine. So it's a little bit dangerous to place the vending machine outside in the U.S. But in Japan, and the theft is not really... Um, the case of the theft is not that much, so mm-hmm. I think it's it's okay to have the vending machine around places. I see. And you guys have a custom of, you know, walking a lot from places to place, right? So it makes sense to just have it out on the street every block, right? Just in case somebody is walking and forgot water or they wanted, you know, Coke or something. It's there, easily easy to access, right? Yeah, and it's really convenient for places like Tokyo where there are a lot of people in the small area then, you know, a lot of people get thirsty. They, they would waste their time just lining up in front of the cash register at the supermarket. So I think it's really helpful to having the vending machine, especially in Tokyo area. That was really cool. And I, I remember there's one time I was so amazed, you know, that they, they serve hot drinks. And Sean was like, oh, it's normal here. And I said, well, it's not normal to me. Okay. And you were also shocked that they didn't have Diet Coke. In yes, Japan. that's right. They didn't. So, and I, I didn't, rem- I didn't remember if we had Diet Coke when I was uh, in Japan, like when I lived, used to live in yeah. Japan. So I, I thought maybe they might have the Diet Coke. I just didn't remember much. So I wanted Diet Coke, and I just look around different stores, different convenience stores, a vending machine, trying to look for Diet Coke. There were none. You guys have a diet culture there, but for some reason there wasn't diet drinks. For some reason, we right? have Coke Zero. Oh, you did? Yeah, we have oh, Coke okay. Zero, but not Diet Cokes for some reason. I see. Maybe it doesn't resonate with, you know, Japanese people. Maybe it's not popular there. Like, yeah, maybe, don't oh, like we the don't need diet. I, <laughs> I, I do, but other Japanese people. Okay, so let's move on to number two that I thought was really unique when I went to Japan was that almost all the restaurants have some sort of fake food or food sample in the front so you can see what it looks like before you order it. So that that was really unique because, you know, a lot of time here when you open a menu up, right, they have description, but I'm just not good. I just can't visualize what it looks like. And so when I went to Japan, I thought, oh, well, this is great. I can see exactly what the food would look like, you know, and they are actual size of the actual dish it's funny it's more like family oriented restaurants have the uh, the menu with the pictures or have the food sample in yeah. front of the uh, store uh, so people can see what the food will look like more expensive restaurants in japan they wouldn't have those really i didn't it's know it's only the other uh, text so yes, it's convenient, right? For people before ordering, like they can see like what the food look like. But then right. when you go to expensive places, they look like, ah, oh, this kind of makes it look cheap. So they don't oh. they don't want the pictures. I see. Kind of like a U.S. style. Oh. But I actually like seeing the picture of the food because sometimes just a description, you know, on the text it doesn't really explain like what it would look like. So the food sample is really interesting culture in Japan. Uh, when you go to Tokyo, uh, especially in Asakusa area, there are a lot lot of the uh, food sample. Uh, uh, manufacturer uh, based in Asakusa uh, region in, in Tokyo and uh, we went to one of the places and we actually experienced creating food sample on our own I think we created what like a lettuce right yeah Pick uh, lettuce right a whole fun. bunch of vegetables yeah and it was interesting because in the beginning when they showed it what it looked like I, I just can't imagine but once the final product came after we finished it's kind of like wax and we have to dip it in hot water and stuff when when it came out, I was thinking, wow, it looks exactly like a real food. 
Right. I mean, any food they can create it with the uh, the wax. It's interesting how they they develop that culture. Um, but yeah, I, I always like seeing those kind of food sample in front of the store. It sucks that we don't have that in the US. We yeah, should have that. We need it because a lot of time I would have to just look up pictures, you know, go to that specific restaurant and look up Google pictures and see other people pictures. I feel like more so in the US yes. we should have it because we have a wide variety of different food, right? Mm-hmm. Like Indian food, Korean food, Chinese food, you know, uh, African food. Right. And some people didn't grow up with that culture so they don't know what it would look like so food sample really would help agreed <laughs> all right let's talk about the number three thing that i thought was unique is obviously the japanese toilet okay i just grew up with just the traditional western toilet so after you do your little business you flush the toilet and all that stuff you know but i experienced a japanese toilet for the first time when i went there it's like life changing. Okay, there's so many buttons. At first I was confused, right? Because all the buttons are in, in Japanese, so I couldn't read it. And they're little symbols, right? And then when you sit down, it's a, a lot of them are warm. And the first time I was like, oh, this is feel, feel like weird. Because I think people have to get used to the warm feeling. Because if it's warm... It's like, like somebody, like, you know, right before you sat down. And right. It's just the, the temperature from the, the person before you. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, that probably caught you uh, caught you surprise. Yeah. I was actually surprised when we, when we went back. Uh, it, it's been so when we went back to Japan together. You know, I haven't been back to Japan for twelve years at that time. Uh-huh. So there are a lot of things that I noticed that was really new about toilet too in Japan. Really? Yeah. So one of the functions that I found that it was kind of new uh, that I didn't see before was the uh, um, the sounds. Ah. So when you do number two, <laughs> code name number two. Yeah. Uh, so um, you know, sometimes the sound would come out, right? right yeah. Like uh-huh. just this nature of yeah, just the yeah. biology. Yeah. Anyway, so and you feel embarrassed doing that in the public. So uh, one of the function in a, a Japanese toilet is the uh, making like a sound of water like running. So it diffuses the the sound coming from your body. So you do you don't have to feel embarrassed when you do number two. Right. And there's also buttons, right? Where the water just flash out at you. And at first I was like, oh, this is <laughs> And it's so precise. Because you know, each person have a different, you know, uh body structure too, yeah. right? So you can adjust the angle of uh, it. There is a male and a female mode too. Because uh, the, yeah. the area you need to watch, it's different between male and female. This toilet can do that too. Right. So. And it also plays music too, right? Like if you press it, it'll play classical music or it's help you just go yeah. down the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I, I wish we have a Japanese toilet in our house. <laughs> and even <laughs> toilet paper too. Some people were so creative. Oh, I don't want people to get bored in the restroom. So they have a print on the toilet paper. So people while people are doing the business, they can look at the uh, like toilet paper and you know, do some readings while they're doing their business. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Be educated while, you know, you're doing your business. I like that. <laughs> the only funny thing is that after that, you wipe your butt after that. So it's, just a, it's a funny ending. But Right. Number four thing that I thought is unique about Japan is that, you know, Tokyo is one of the largest and dense cities in the world right so when i went there for the first time you know i've been to new york before so i thought because it's a large dense population that you know 
it's, it's, you know, not clean or it's loud because there's so many people around. But when I went to Tokyo for the first time, I was really surprised on how clean it is, number one, you know, and number two, how quiet it is considering the amount of people are in the city. Yeah, especially inside the、uh, subway or train,、yes. you notice nobody was talking, right? Yeah, you're not allowed to pick up the cell phone、uh, when you're inside the、uh, train. And that's the kind of rule. And surprisingly, everybody pretty much following it. Yes, and it was crazy because, you know, we went to the subway. If somebody dropped a pen, you can hear it. It's how silent that is. And you know, coming from the Western world, and you know, guys, you guys know me. I am such a loud person. My volume of whisper is probably very, very loud, even though I consider that a whisper. You know, so I was very self conscious. I feel like I, like, I can't breathe in that city because I feel as if I couldn't be myself because my volume of whispering, you know, is still. Too loud for you, most people. You don't have、people. to whisper. You can just talk a normal tone. Your, your normal <laughs> volume is a little bit too, too much. So true, true. You have to tone it down a little bit.、Yeah. You don't have to whisper in, in train. You can just talk normal.、Whatever. I know, but my, this is my talking normal. It's just loud. And Sean, too, keep having to say, guys, can you lower your voice? You are too loud. I was like, I'm sorry. You know, so. Yeah, but it's a little bit difficult for the, you know, those、uh, people who have little kids, right? True. Bringing the ki- little kids in train with a whole bunch of People, sometimes it's hard. I mean, when you bring a stroller into the train, too, a lot of people give you a, like, a stare. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, I don't know how people can raise kids in Japan. Like, a lot, I think people just try to avoid riding a train. I see. If they have little kids. I remember. But it sucks because, you know, you,、yeah. sometimes you have to take a train. Yeah. No, I remember, right? Because a lot of people in Japan, you guys don't really use car, right? I remember this one moment where I saw the mom, okay, on a bicycle, right, with the kid on her back, and there's another kid in her front, you know, and she was driving, she was riding a bicycle. Bicycle, I was like, wow, super mom. I couldn't even do that by myself. You know, much kid, <laughs> much less, sorry, with two kids. I've seen three kids on a bicycle、What? with mom before. Wow, you guys are a pro. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I feel like moms in Japan, that's, that's tough. And kids, a lot of kids still, like in Tokyo, they go to school. Like when they get to the elementary school, they start going to、uh, school on their own.、Oh, walk to school or take、right. a train to school. Impressed. Yeah, you're right. Because I remember one time we were there and we saw a whole bunch of elementary school kids together, right? They had the cute little uniform on and they were just going and waiting for the subway or train. And I was thinking, oh, there's no way I would be comfortable to let Ryan do this. So that was very impressive. In Japan, especially in Tokyo, there is a very pri-、uh, competitive private schools, right? And, and even like middle school, there's a very competitive entrance exam. So when I'm on, air, on a train, like sometimes I notice like a elementary school kid, like around Ryan's age right now,、uh, they're like on the,、uh, the textbook trying to study、uh, for their entrance exam. And I was just shocked. And they, some of them look so tired, they're falling asleep. <laughs> it's, it's very competitive in Tokyo. Yeah, different culture for sure. <laughs> so, number five, speaking of you know, how quiet it is, again, I want to touch on how clean Tokyo was when I went there. I was really amazed, you know, how you guys able to keep it so clean. And I remember one time I had trashed, right? Because, you know, when you you know, eat street food or whatever, you know, or drink water bottle, you have trash that you want to throw away. 
And I couldn't even like find a trash can in sight. So I was amazed. How are you guys keeping, keeping the city clean when there's no sort of public trash can? Yeah, I think the packaging too, uh, a lot of manufacturers and a lot of uh, companies trying to be creative in a way that it doesn't create too much trash, mm. especially in Tokyo area. And uh, the, the reason why we don't have in, uh, as much uh, trash can now nowadays is because there was, uh, I guess, terrorism happened before in Tokyo where somebody uh, placed the bomb inside the oh, trash wow. can. So we thought that would be a possible risk in the future. So we started eliminating the uh, trash can as much as possible. But then people were carrying the trash and then just bringing it home. Oh, wow. That's or impressive. Or just yeah, keep it until they find the trash can. So it's good. I think just the effort from the everybody in Tokyo kind of keeping it clean. So the mentality is different, right? You have so many people and you guys have to share such a small condensed space that everybody collaboratively work together to keep it run and smoothly, you know, keeping it clean. So props. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the, uh, um, the food there? Oh my gosh, the food is so good there. And I am actually impressed by just the bento boxes. You know, <laughs> it's obviously uh, way better than I experienced in Texas. And there were bento boxes everywhere. You know, um, even when we went on the train, there was somebody there in the middle of the train just going back and forth, you know, to see if you can buy those bento boxes. And they look like they're freshly made. You know, just so you guys know, the best place to buy bento box is at the train station or inside the, uh, the bullet train. Right. Each train station, a lot of times, have the their signature special bento box that's only sold at that station oh. or that region. So yeah. you should get those bento box if you can. I, that's the, that's always kind of one of the incentive for people uh, on the business trip or, or going on a trip is so they can eat those. Uh, it's called ekiban. Station it's, Bento, Ekiban. Ekiban, what yeah. is that? The, the name of station, the... Station uh, Bento at Station. Like. I see. So it's, it's, it's a, a special Bento box. Oh. Specialized at the uh, train station. Okay, the next thing that I find unique when I went to Japan was... Maybe that is depend on where I was at. I don't know, but I was actually kind of shocked that a lot of Japanese people don't really speak English, considering it's a very touristy destination. So I just assume, and I shouldn't assume, but I was expecting at least just um, basic English, you know? Even, I'm talking about the people working, not regular people. Right. I mean, we started studying English as a main subject starting from fifth grade, I think now, uh-huh. right? So And... Um, then I think it's probably similar to other countries too. I think other countries in Asia too is all starting around the same timing. So I don't know why we're so behind on English, but yeah, I agree. Even for myself, dude, I had a harder time speaking English than the other kids who came around the same timing as me when I was little. So maybe you guys feel as if you don't really need English, right? I, th- I think the main reason is the grammar and the pronunciation is so different between Japanese and English. Mm-hmm. The grammar itself too. It's everything is opposite. The right. placement of the like subject, verb, and object. All those like, pr- placement is mm-hmm. opposite too. Yeah. So the way that we think the sentence is opposite. Right. Yeah. I see that. But it's always some other countries too. Right. But I think that really always just kind of put us mm. feel awkward when we speak English. Uh, I think every time we try to start out the sentence, it just completely 
misplaced. So right. that's one thing. And the pronunciation too. We have very simplified pronunciation in Japanese. That's why a lot of people have easier time pronouncing Japanese words. Except for me. <laughs> I mean, I think you, you pronounce it fine. No. Shujutsu. What? I'm pretty excited about this one because I can guarantee you it'll be difficult for Lauren. Shujutsu. Shuju. Shuju. Shujutsu. Shujutsu. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh, you're doing great. But then in the English and even Vietnamese too, there's so many different intonation mm -hmm. and, and there's so many sound that we don't have in Japanese. So um, there are a lot of movement in tongues. Like right. That. So we, I think most of the Japanese words are like kind of with the, mm -hmm. the words are created by the sound created by the lips. So I see. And yeah. in Tokyo, there are some areas that there are a lot of foreigners. Uh. And that area, I feel like those areas, I feel like a lot of the Japanese people could speak somewhat like, decent level of English. Yeah. But yeah, majority of people, it's it's very really difficult to communicate right. in English. But again, you know, it's all on me because if I go to Japan, I'm the one who is expected to learn the basic Japanese. Or I'm not like, I should not be expecting them to know basic English to help me out. You I, know? What I want to do, well, you started <laughs> learning Japanese now. So I want to do, like when we go to Japan next time is, uh, you know, the show on Netflix called Old Enough? The yes. little kid, three years old, going on the... Uh, um, uh, uh, shopping for their parents and uh, you know they're only three years old so it's a little bit difficult for them to shop for the what they're supposed to do for the, the parents anyway I think we should do the similar concept for you oh my go to Japan and give you a list of things to eat that you need to buy from the supermarket and then uh, you come back oh my gosh all I know is sumimasen <laughs> that's all I got that, that means excuse me that's all I got just, so you, you, at least you can get the attention yeah I can get attention <laughs> and I can just draw the picture <laughs> be like potato yeah there you go <laughs> that sounds yeah they, they all understand it and the good thing is a lot of Japanese words like those, a lot of words in Japanese they're all kind of based on English right yeah so like potato we say potato too yeah so. yeah I can get that put that on my shopping list <laughs> Okay, so the last thing I thought that was really unique about Japan was actually their customer service. They're amazing. And, you know, the fact that there's no tipping system too, but they're still incentivized to just give us great service. So I remember one time we were at a restaurant, right? And I, I think I have put my purse kind of on the floor, right? But it was kind of in the way, you know? And so instead of she coming up to me saying, um, excuse me, can you just move your purse a little bit? Because that's kind of like blocking people's space, you know? But the... Um but the waitress came up to me, of course, she's Japanese, and she was like, excuse me, I'm so sorry. You know, the way that she talked to me makes it feel like it was her fault that my purse was in other people's way. You know what I mean? And I was like taken back by it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. But she's like, no, 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 she's sorry. And I'm like, no, it's, it's my fault. But she kept trying to apologize that the purse that I put down was in people's way. I think it's good and bad. Yeah, I think it's just one of the culture that in Japan, the customer is always right. And then that's why a lot of times just store or restaurant always apologize to yeah. the customer, even though it's customer's fault. <laughs> yeah. For, as a customer, it's great because they refill, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of people who's working at those uh, customer service uh, industry, they're all stressed out. Oh, I can see. Apologizing every time. The customer is so used to that culture. Yeah. So they're a little bit becoming a little bit obedient. I see. Yeah, it's gods. You know, just do this and do that. It's, I'm customer. You listen right. to me kind of thing. So it's good and bad. But yeah, 
for the people who travel to Japan for the first time, you'll be amazed, right? Like right. How nice they are to the customers. Almost sometimes I feel uncomfortable that they're too nice, you know? Mm -hmm. The one thing that really represents uh, uh, the high level of Japanese uh, customer service is uh, when you go to McDonald's, you see it on the menu. Oh. So in, in the men on the menu in Japan at the McDonald's, there is um, it said smile on the menu. Oh, really? And it said zero yen. So it's a, smile is free. It should be there already. It's kind of thing. So that's how much uh, the customer service is... is uh, at the level, like a high level in Japan. Sometimes I just, <laughs> can I have a smile? And then they just smile for me. Oh, really? <laughs> but I'm sure it's going to be, it'll be annoying for them. So you should, you should stop doing right, that. Right, right, right. It's literally on the menu when you go to McDonald's. <laughs> you should check it out. When you go to McDonald's in Japan, there is a, on, on the menu it says smile. That's funny. I wonder how many people actually order the smile, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So yeah, those are the things that I thought it was really unique when I traveled to Japan. I'm hoping we can go again soon because it's been several years since we went. And maybe there will be more things that are different that I didn't notice before or things that, you know, have changed since. So fingers crossed, <laughs> Japan, open your borders so I can come. <laughs> yeah, this time, uh, hopefully we can just, two of us can go. Every time we go to Japan, because we go with Ryan... Uh, a lot of places we go is uh, kid-friendly. So only one side of Japan Loen have experienced. She didn't see all these tourist places uh, cater toward the, uh, uh, the grown-ups. So maybe right. next time we yeah. can just two of us can go and then enjoy Japan in a different way. Right. Maybe I will take you to the countryside. Oh, I like that. And I also want to see the monkeys, okay, that are in the hot bath. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's really there's a really famous spot, like the hot spring spot, where monkeys are trained to take a bath. At the hot spring. So cute. Yeah. So <laughs> on my wish list for sure. <laughs> okay. So before we end the episode, we're going to do the sticky word of the day, which Sean will take from here because I personally don't know it in Vietnamese. And it is a Japanese episode. So take it away. Customer. Customer in Japanese is... Kyakusama. Okay, you just said it was simple in Japanese just two seconds ago. I didn't say it's simple. <laughs> or pronunciation is simple. Yeah, okyak-sama. I think cap is a little bit hard. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, try to get... Can you do it? Go slower. O. O. Ka. Ka. Ku. Ku. Sama. Sama. Okyaku-sama. 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 Like cannon. Okaku-sama. Okaku-sama. You know, you know, you know what? It's like a tongue twister for it, it is. That's what I'm saying. Sean is saying that Japanese words are easy to pronounce, but I guess I'm the exception to the rule because I cannot pronounce half of what he's, you know, trying to help me say. So Yeah, let me know if you guys think, like, if you agree with me that Japanese words are simple to pronounce or not. Um for some reason, Ryan's always great yeah. at pronouncing it. Onegaishimasu. Onegaishimasu. Good job, Ryan. All right, now your turn. Can you guys say it? Onegaishimasu. Onegaishimasu. He always catch it right away. Once he hear it, he can pronounce it right yeah, away. Yeah, Ryan's great. I don't. Maybe it's just me. That's what I'm saying. It's me. <laughs> well, it's probably because you're a mixture with the English and also Vietnamese uh, too. Maybe. So maybe it's a little bit different from right. those. I mean, even some English words I have trouble pronouncing. So. 
same for me. Yeah. All right, guys. So that ends and conclude our fun Stick with Kaji episode. Would like your thoughts and feelings about this episode down below. And remember, you can listen to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hopefully, I'll see you next week on the Stick with Kaji podcast. Bye. Bye. Have a fantastic day.